Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray Strandom wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Give the active people in your life something they'll truly appreciate. Performance apparel from Viore. Whether they're into running, surfing, hiking, or even just casual walks around the block, there's something for everyone. And if you're not sure what to gift them, you can't go wrong with something from Viore's Dream Knit collection. It's the perfect gift and so comfortable. Get 20% off your first purchase today at Viore. V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Spotify. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Ash. I'm the Senior Road Technical ed- Editor here at Bike Radar, and uh, I'm joined by two esteemed colleagues, Oscar Huckle, Technical Writer at Bike Radar, I believe, sir? Yeah. And Simon Von Bromley, Chief Technical Writer. Well, to what are, what are <laughs> you, saying? Senior Technical Writer. That's it. I want to call you something else and give I mean, you a I'd, big I'd, promotion. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if you want to call me Chief Technical Writer, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> just call you chief in general. <laughs> just, just do that from now on. So we're here today to talk about road versus gravel wheels, who needs what, what the standards are, what the widths are, the depths, et cetera, et cetera, covering as many bases as we can in a short space of time. Um, and we're going to get straight into it. So, uh, well, before we start, Simon, what have you been doing recently? What have you been uh, What have you been up to on a bike? Uh, I've spent most of my time <laughs> riding indoors, to be honest. it's We're entering winter training season or indoor cycling season, to use the kind of SEO optimized term. And I've just been testing the uh, Zwift Hub which is a brand new smart trainer from Zwift. And yes, it's, it's been really impressive. It's very aggressively priced and you know, for the price offers a lot of performance and a lot of value. So I think it's going to be a successful product. Is it going to be a, a, a top a top Christmas uh, Christmas gift uh, purchase for for a cyclist? You reckon? Yeah, I'm sure every every cyclist will dream of no longer dream of having a sparkling new bike under the Christmas tree. They will want a smart trainer. That's not true. <laughs> That's absolutely not true. <laughs> and uh, Oscar, what have you been up to? So I've been testing a few bikes recently, mainly gravel bikes, uh, but I've also got on the mountain bike this weekend, which was quite good. Cool. Uh, where did you go? Uh, just on some of the trails around Bristol, uh, so Ashton Court, Lee Woods, uh, quite impressive for city centre, 
uh, trails, but hopefully we'll try and get out towards Wales and that kind of area soon for something more exciting. Nice one, nice one. And uh, what, what gravel bikes have you been testing recently? So I've been testing the Berrier Bellador All-Road, which is a really interesting gravel bike. It's got a seat stay pivot uh, and a few funky design choices. And then uh, something more conventional, the Surly Disc Trucker, which is a touring bike, but with uh, wider tyre clearances. Sure. Okay. Right. Well, let's get into why we're here then. We're here for road versus gravel wheels. So, uh, so well, let's get started then. Um, when we're looking at roads versus um, road versus gravel wheels, uh, Simon, um, what are the key differences in those dimensions? Do we think um, in, in what you know when people are looking at, at, a, at a wheel and they're holding one in their hands, you know, how will they be able to tell that, that what they're holding is a gravel wheel or a road wheel? Well, obviously, there there is a certain amount of crossover. And we'll kind of come on to this. But I think the main kind of differentiator between a road and a gravel wheel is typically going to be the kind of uh, the rim width, for example. And gravel wheels will typically have a wider internal rim width than a uh, than a road wheel. And that's to support uh, what the wider tyres that you would typically use on a gravel wheel. Um, but they also may be more sturdily built. So you know, you might see more spokes or kind of less lightweight exotic materials. That's not to say you won't find those if you really go looking for them, sure. but your typical gravel wheel is probably going to be sort of more sturd- sturdily built with a wider rim, you know, perhaps less aerodynamically optimised as well. Sure. Uh, and will, will you find sort of deep section rims on, on gravel wheels? So you can find them if you go looking for them, and there are certainly brands that market deep section, aerodynamically optimised wheels for gravel, or rims, I should say. But I would say, in general, most people, you know, given the speeds of gravel cycling are lower and it's a, and it's a kind of generally less performance-concerned discipline than road, most people are not focusing on aerodynamic qualities as the kind of number one thing. Whereas on a road bike, you know, if you're a, a racer or a go-fast rider, like to ride fast with your friends, you know, a lot of people... We'll be thinking of, of buying a, a road wheel set that has aerodynamic performance closer to the kind of top of its to-do list. Sure, um, and I suppose, well, with with gravel wheels specifically, I mean, we, we saw a, we've seen a, a little bit of this seven hundred C dimension versus a six fifty B dimension. Um, I, I know seven hundred C is twenty nine inches uh, from in a cross section from width to width, the edge to edge, sorry, the and 650B, you're going to have to remind me now. 27.5. 27.5, there we are. Um, you know, do we see a lot of those, um, those, those size wheels or more for gravel or less for gravel? So you definitely see more of them for gravel than you do on road bikes. And obviously, I say obviously, the, the kind of purpose of it is it, that it allows you to run basically a larger tyre within the same frame. So if you have a gravel bike that uh, can take 700C wheels, then the kind of the distance between the fork crown and the chainstays and the rim is a you know a, a certain size based on how much clearance they've given you for tires. Now, if you run a smaller wheel, that gives you more room for tires. You can run a bigger tire. You might have the same kind of effective diameter when you're running you know a certain size tire on a 650B wheel, but you're getting much greater air volume, and that might enable you to take on gnarlier trails and that sort of thing. Sure, and I imagine it would that would um, that would affect handling of bikes as well. I mean, we've seen very recently the Fact Austro Gravel, where where the guys at Factor, the engineers there, have designed the bike so that if you have a smaller, even even for tire size, we're not even talking about you know wheel sizes now. If you've got a a, a more roady style tire, a narrower tire, you know your the the wheel the 
contact point in front of you will be slightly pushed pull back towards you to make the handling a little bit a bit sharper whereas if you have a you know a wider tire with a bit, a bit more knobbly you know knobbly construction on it the that that point will be a little bit further away which will slow that handling down a little bit more yeah and and that essentially comes down to as you kind of say you know you're going to look at the overall kind of size of the uh, kind of t- the, you know, the wheel and tire combination, and it, how how f- what that kind of the effect that that has on the trail of the bike will then affect the handling as well. And so, if you use a 650B wheel and use a a small tire, then yeah, that's going to affect the handling. But generally, people are going to 650B or 27.5 inch wheels so that they can use a kind of bigger tire that then puts the overall kind of rolling diameter of your system, you know, in a sort of similar place as it would have been with a 700C wheel and a smaller tyre, but you're getting a kind of different ride quality because you've got that much greater air volume. Sure. Um, and as when we're talking about wheels and we're talking about tyres, we also need to talk about the ETRTO. Now, I've got a chocolate bar ready for anyone who can <laughs> remember what ETRTO stands for. Go well, for it. It is the, I think, I believe it's the European Tire and Rim Technical Organization. Just the European. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, but they they get they tend they govern the basically the worldwide um, uh, standards uh, for for tire and rim width compatibility. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, and not just on bicycles either. They any kind of uh, wheel and rim combinations as well. So they would govern cars as well, I believe. But obviously, in terms you know, in terms of this podcast, we're just concerned with bicycles now. Before we started this podcast, we had this conversation. Obviously, we want to get this right, and Oscar very kindly looked it up. So, Oscar, what is the kind of ETRTO standard rim dimensions? Uh, so, when it was last reviewed in 2020, it was apparently recommended 21mm uh, internal rim width for uh, 700 by 29mm uh, to 34mm tyres, uh, 23mm internal rim width between 35 and 46mm tyres, and 25mm internal rim width for tyres between 47mm and 57mm. And and why would that why why would that be different for each for the different widths of tyre? Why why would you need a more internal rim width in order to you know to to have a wider external tyre? Um, so it better supports the tyre, so that when when you pop the tyre up, it's going to actually be its intended width, and then that will then translate to the to the most optimal ride. So obviously, we've seen there is you know, there are different um, rim widths recommended for different different size tires. But what would be the disadvantages of running a tire that was kind of too big, or for you know, for an, if you had a rim that was too narrow for a tire? So there's a couple of things. So first of all, if you're riding a tire that's larger than intended for the internal rim width uh, specified, then you're probably not going to get the same quality ride as you would uh, compared to using it for the ideal internal rim width. Uh, because the tyre is not going to inflate as widely. So, for example, let's say it's a 40mm tyre and you're putting it onto a narrower rim, then in reality with, with a caliper it might only measure 37 or 38 compared to a, a wider rim where it might measure 40 or 42. Uh, so, obviously, the wider um, the measurement than the, than the more supple and more comfortable the ride's going to be. Um, and also, it's more comfort for the rider uh, because you've got that wider tyre volume. And then also there's a chance of it pinching, um, and as you mentioned, like a light bulb effect on the on the, on the tyre. Yeah, so the, that kind of... So when we talk about sidewall support, and we'll probably talk about a bit this a bit more in this podcast, is in terms of, 
you know, rims are designed to be a certain width in order to support the sidewalls of a certain size tire. Now, if your rim is too narrow for a tire, the kind of beads of the tire are going to be pushed into each other. And then when you pump the tire up, obviously, you know, the air volume in inflates down. It becomes a little bit like a light bulb where it's kind of narrower at the bottom and then bulges out uh, on top of the rim. And what can happen at low pressures is that kind of sidewall, because it's not, you know, it hasn't kind of got wide structures that enables it to support itself, that sidewall can collapse under you and really kind of negatively affect your handling. Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and so what you're looking for is the kind of rim that is matched to your tyre size that kind of gives you kind of straighter sidewalls and then, you know, a less of a light bulb effect, a, ra a more rounded tyre, which, you know, hand ha isn't, isn't kind of... It just gives you should give you more predictable handling and it, it's kind of tricky to say but if you've ever ridden a really wide tire on a very narrow rim you probably know what we're talking about I would say as well though that you don't really need to worry too much about making sure that you stick to a certain tire range on your on your rim width um because i mean before rims got wider people were still running quite wide tires on them and they weren't struggling so don't don't feel that you have to stick within a certain tyre range if you don't want to. Yeah, these are just kind of um, guidelines, recommended yeah. optimums yeah. as opposed to. We're not saying it's yeah exactly. That's exactly right. It's certainly not impossible to run. And if you've got an older mountain bike that you've converted to to being a gravel bike or something like that, it it may, as you say, have kind of very narrow rims on it by modern standards, but still perfectly rideable. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Give the active people in your life something they'll truly appreciate. Performance apparel from Viore. Whether they're into running, surfing, hiking, or even just casual walks around the block, there's something for everyone. And if you're not sure what to gift them, you can't go wrong with something from Viore's Dream Knit Collection. It's the perfect gift and so comfortable. Get 20% off your first purchase today at Viore. V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Spotify. Right. Okay. Um, and us, well, when we when we talk about you know tires and the interaction between tire and, and rim, there's there's hookless and hooked styles of of gravel wheels as well. Maybe we'll come on to that in just a moment because I'd like to touch upon first, you know, what your wheels can be made out of. Now, on the road side, you know, tradition's been had it. It's been alloy and carbon's come in in the last, I would say, fifteen years or so, and it's really it really kicks off now. And you can really you can get some really good, good quality carbon carbon rims and carbon wheels for not too much money these days compared to what you used to spend. Of course, you can spend a hell of a lot more as well. Yeah, you can still spend a lot of money if you want to. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, but why, you know, is alloy still a way you can go for for gravel uh, for gravel wheels, uh, Oscar? Would you say? So I think alloy is a very sensible choice. Uh, it tends to be more comfortable than carbon, but not always uh, because aluminium is more flexible. 
And when you think about that you're going to be riding off-road and potentially going over routes or bumps or logs or whatever, um, then if you're running a carbon rim, it's more susceptible to damage. Uh, so aluminium's a safe option, um, but carbon's also very good. So, for example, we touched earlier, earlier on um, on people who um, like to embark on gravel racing um, and having a deeper deeper rim that's made of carbon can have its advantages because you'll, you'll go faster at a certain speed uh, and it's a, well it, it'll give you a performance advantage and also with carbon not so much on the roadside but for gravel and, and also mountain bikes um, there are different types of, of wheels so for example some wheels are designed for aerodynamics and are pretty much road wheels uh, and also you've got certain rims that are designed for comfort. So, for example, Zips 101 Explore um, is like a single-walled construction that's designed to flex and, and offer more comfort. Uh, so there's different genres of of different wheel types out there. I suppose cost comes into play as well. Yeah. Well, carbon's going to cost more, and the more, the more fancy the construction or the more technology it's got, then it's likely going to be towards the upper end of the spectrum. But I'd say generally you you're probably going to be starting from a thousand pounds for for a carbon wheel okay um and I, well let's talk about that let's talk about that hooked and and hookless uh rim debate i'm sure we're not going to solve it here and now um but uh simon why why would i mean we're, we're, when someone's looking for a, a gravel wheel set that let's say someone's looking for a gravel wheel set they you know they might see a they might go for a hookless or a hooked rim why might they make those decisions, or what would what would they be um, what would they be considering when making that decision? So just to kind of define um, hooked and hookless, because I know this is kind of new for a lot of people in the last few years. Um, hooked tr- traditional bicycle rims, as we have kind of you know come to come to see them in the last um, you know, few decades, have had bead hooks designed for clincher tires where. The, the 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 side walls of the rim have have little round hooks on the end of them at the top of them to basically you know stop the tire blowing off um now that's not a problem for aluminium rims because aluminium rims t- are typically extruded from aluminium but it is more difficult for carbon rims because carbon rims you know as with the majority of carbon products are molded and so making a very small little hook on the end of a straight you know, a kind of millimeters thick straight wall is very tricky um, because, you know, you, you have to make that shape around a mold and then somehow you've got to get that mold out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and obviously the hooks prevent the mold being removed unless your mold is flexible. But if your mold is flexible, then it's not a very good mold because the, you know, carbon needs to be tightly compacted with the epoxy. You know, blah, 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 blah. It's difficult. Yes. It's very yeah. difficult. We can take that from that. Yes. So what, a lot of manufacturers of carbon wheels have have moved to doing in in recent years, you know, sort of three or four years uh, that recently is to remove the bead hooks completely. So you just have a kind of straight wall, and then you have a rim bed which is designed t- uh, to specifically work with tubeless tires, and the tighter tolerances that are allowed by removing the bead hooks. Because you remove the bead hooks, you can use a kind of uh, a mold or a a mandrel almost that is much more precisely shaped and get it in there you know build the rim around that and then tubeless tires are also also have a uh, much more kind of precisely sized 
uh, inflexible tire bead. And the combination of those two together means that you don't need the hooks to hold the tire on the rim. Now, there will be, with most of these rims, a kind of pressure limit, tire pressure limit set by the ETRTO. Some brands such as Giant offer uh, test testing beyond that with their tires and certain other tires, but generally the kind of the, the maximum pressure is 72.5 psi. Now for road use, that might be a little bit low if you're running you know relatively narrow tires or you're you know you're kind of a quite a heavy rider. But for gravel use, that's probably absolutely fine. You know, if anyone listening to this is running 70 psi in their gravel tires, we'd probably recommend you head straight to bikeradar.com and yeah, yeah. You know, check out one of our tire pressure articles because that's that's probably a bit high. Um, but the advantages of of hookless are essentially that they are cheaper and easier to manufacture, and therefore, you know, hopefully, you get the benefits of a carbon wheel such as Oscar described earlier where you know they might be a bit lighter maybe a bit more aerodynamic they can have a kind of a wider rim for the same weight as an aluminium as an aluminium rim and you you know hopefully you get that at a slightly lower price point than if you had than if you had a hooked carbon rim but different manufacturers have different opinions on it um so it's it's not a settled subject yet but the, the kind of the key thing to know is that if you buy a hooked carbon rim you can have basically clinches, tubeless, whatever tires you like. But if you buy a hookless carbon rim, then you have to use tubeless tires. Now, we might not think that that is a problem for gravel, but maybe we'll come on to that in a bit. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, but it's interesting that so many brands are um, have different points of view here in terms of whether whether they're going down sort of hookless or or hooked rim styles, rim 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 development. Um, should someone be concerned about it? You know, if some brands are not choosing to go down a a, a hookless uh, style, if if some if some brands don't want to do that, should should a potential customer or one of our listeners be worried that a hookless uh, rim and tire is unsafe? No, not if used as intended. If you're using it with tu- you know with tubeless tires that have been designed around the latest ETRTO standards, and therefore they have been designed around hookless rims. Then no, there are no safety concerns from that point of view. Just don't pu- don't pump them up to 100 psi. Yeah, but we wouldn't recommend you do that with, anyway, right? With, yes, with yeah. hooked rims either. You know, the the kind of the material disadvantage is that you are limited to using tubeless ready tires. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to run them as tubeless. You could still put in a tube, an inner tube, if you wanted to. But you're kind of then not getting the benefits of this of the sort of system. Um, it, but if you are kind of you know a bit like uh, wonderful technical editor, editor Alex Evans, you're wedded to to inner tubes. Then a kind of a hooked carbon rim will allow you to use a lighter clincher tire you know, because a tubeless tire tends to be heavier because it's got that added material reinforcement around the bead and you know and obviously to make it more kind of airtight with sealant, mm-hmm. you could probably get away with a a lighter clincher tire. But obviously when we're talking about gravel. Most tires are going tubeless these days. There are very few clincher gravel tires. It's more of a thing on the road. I would say if you're running a road bike, then you know hooked rims may still. You know, there are many more clincher road tires, and then there are still options. And so I'd say the jury's out. But on on gravel, most tires are going tubeless these days. And in terms of where the market is going, 
I, I can't see too many brand new clincher gravel tires coming out. So you're probably you're not necessarily losing out on any. There's no missed opportunities by going hookless. It is just that whole thing of you know you have to get used to the 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 maximum pressure ceiling of 72 and a half psi and the fact that you need to run tubeless ready tires. One thing to bear in mind as well is if you are running a hookless rim, then you need to make sure the tyres that you pick are compatible because not all tyres are compatible with certain hookless rims. And uh, if you don't check, then you might be in for a surprise when you come to fitting them and you have problems. Yeah, generally most new tyres, which have, you know, you you mentioned the the updates to the ETRTO standards in 2020. Any tyre designed since then, if it's tubeless ready, should be designed around the new hookless standards. But yes, if you have an older set, so for example, the Continental GP 5000 TL, the original tubeless Continental road tyre, that is not compatible with hookless rims because it was designed prior to the introduction of those things. Now, you know, if you were to put that tyre on a hookless rim and run it up to 72 PSI, you probably would be fine. But obviously, we can't recommend you do that because, you know, Continental has said, no, don't do it. And therefore... You know, you, it's, <laughs> they're, it's they're, hard. The liability it? is is not there, and, and and obviously, you know, with such a kind of crucial part of your bike, you, you just shouldn't be taking any risks. So that's if you can even get it on. I remember well, <laughs> uh, in a in the workshop, we had a Continental GP five thousand TL, and it was going onto an MV rim, and I think it was the only rim at the time that Envy had that was hookless all the other way round, and you just could not get that thing on, <laughs> and it was for a reason. Yeah, so I, I, I think you know the the the, the ETRT, this this kind of you know the, I'm sure anyone who had tried tubeless five years ago would have had a story like this where you know kind of certain rim and tire combination just didn't work. Now, in my experience with the latest tires and the latest rims, you know, obviously we're very privileged here at Bike Radar. We get to test a lot of these things. Is I haven't really had a, a very difficult tire since those new standards have been released. That's not to say there won't be any. But generally, my experience has been better as the kind of um, the standards for tire sizing, rim sizing have kind of uh, been more clearly defined. I have generally had better luck from that point of view. So hopefully, if you're buying a new set of wheels and and a new set of tires, Hopefully, you shouldn't have that issue, but yeah, it is something to look out for. And and obviously, with as as you say, Oscar, with such a kind of crucial part of a bike, it, it is definitely worth double checking. And Oscar, I'm I'm curious to know, uh, what do you prefer to run as a personal choice for you? What do you prefer to run? Where, you know, when you're riding gravel, tubeless or tubed, tubeless or tubed, um, yeah. always tubeless for me. And hookless or hooked? Uh, none of my wheels are hookless; uh, they're okay. all hooked. But dep- gone. Well. As long as the tyres that I wanted to use were compatible uh, with with certain hookless rims, then I wouldn't say no to trying them out. No, so it's not it's not a conscious decision no. you've made to go down the no. the hooked route, for example. No, because I you know I've got a set of currently got a set of Corama Essentia forty wheels, and those are hookless, and I've got a, a set of uh, twenty eight millimeter GP five thousand STRs fitted to those. Went on a dream, absolutely fine. Had that really satisfying ping when I got up to about around about 70 PSI. So I can't go any further than that. Um, even though I'm 82 kilos, I can't go any further than that. I think you can in installation. It's just in terms <laughs> of you, you're not allowed to ride it like that. Exactly. Well, yes, but, yes. But, um, uh, you know, 
we've I've also got another set of wheels that are waiting for me now to be tested as well. Uh, the Reynolds ATXRs. Now Reynolds have gone down a hooked. Uh, a, a you know a hooked style and i'm really looking forward to they're very similar wheels and we're about to come on to this because i want to talk a little bit about all road before we tie everything off um but um you know the 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 atx the atrx wheels excuse me are you know are hooked and so i'm i'm I, should i expect that to be harder to fit or easier to fit given that you know my my tires are ready for hookless so you're fitting the STRs on, onto those rims as well. I or? will do as, as a fair test to make sure that right. you know it's not you know hooked or you know like they can get yeah. onto a hookless onto a hooked rim as well. Sorry, I'm gonna get my words tied up now. Onto a hooked rim, um, I will be testing that. Yeah, well, should should I expect it to be harder? Uh, in theory, no, um, but every tire and rim combination is different, so it's not always as clear cut as that. And I think that probably encapsulates the point is that every combination of tyre and rim is slightly different. Now, they're all made to the same standards, as you rightly point out, Simon. Uh, but because, you know, when, you, you know, when you're looking at, you know, road and gravel wheels and trying to get that perfect match of tyre to, 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 your, to your wheel, you know, it's always going to be a little bit of, a li- not guesswork, but, you know, you're always going to be looking for the tyre that's, most optimally suited to you. It'd be nice if there was a massive yeah. list of compatibility <laughs> where brand said, "Yes, no, we our wheels, our tires work with the with these wheels, and vice versa." So some brands have gone down that route, and you know, Schwalbe has uh, a, a long list of of kind of rims. It rates as easy, medium, difficult to mount to, and Giant, as I kind of mentioned earlier, have done their own testing for tires that go beyond the kind of ETRTO maximum pressure. Uh, Oscar mentioned Envy. Envy have also done a lot of um, uh, tire testing for their own hookless wheels. It 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 is less of an issue now, uh, in my opinion. And I have hookless rims at home. I have hooked rims at home. Personally, I don't see a difference in 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 the kind of ease of installing tires. It it kind of depends on the tires. Some tires go up very easily. Some tires go on very. You know, it, the thing to remember is obviously that there's a kind of degree of tolerance with everything, right? So if a rim is supposed to be a certain, you know, millimeter specific diameter, you know, we have to understand that in the real world, it might be plus or minus 1% either side. And so it's the same with your tire. It might be plus or minus 1% either side. And so if you just get a bad combination where, you're, you know, your tire is 1% undersized, and your rim is 1% oversized and all of a sudden you've got a slightly bigger gap than if you know they were both 1% undersized in the same direction or whatever so and so that i think that's often where you know kind of problems can occur but you know, in, in in terms of installation i think if you if you kind of follow the, the kind of guide that we've laid out on bikeradar.com and, and you know you, you're starting with you know a, a clean rim you know, using a bit of soapy water, you know, you've got a, a, a decent track pump with the valve core removed. You know, you might need a kind of uh, a compressor type tool, not necessarily an air compressor, but mm. a kind of air shot or a, a, a track pump with a, a, you know, a tubeless chamber. That, those can be really helpful. You know, if you're doing all of those things right, in my experience, most tyres will go on and go up pretty easily these days. And And I wouldn't necessarily say that there is a difference between hookless and hooked in that respect. I know some brands say that, you know, a hookless is designed for tubeless and therefore it's easier. But of course, you know, the the, the brands who make hooked tubeless ready wheels will also say, well, our wheels are also designed for tubeless. Yeah. So, 
I, I don't necessarily see that as a um, a differentiator. You know, there, you know, with road wheels, for example, you know, brands such as Zip do and and Giant, to be fair, do say there's a small aerodynamic benefit from having hookless rims because you know, we we talked about the light bulb effect earlier. Yeah, but yeah. with 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 bead hooks, you know, that does create an automatic kind of narrowing of the be- of the rim bead where those hooks press into the tire, and that pinches the tire very slightly whereas on a hookless rim that effect doesn't occur and theoretically you get kind of straighter tire sidewalls which flow more nicely into the sort of the rim sidewalls but it's a very small effect uh, i wouldn't uh, personally even as someone who's <laughs> really into aerodynamics and marginal gains i've never heard anyone put a figure on how much that is worth it's it's a kind of they show you a diagram and say Oh, look how much smoother the transition is, and and I can see it, and it may be there, and you know perhaps if you're, you know, Ellen Van Dyke, and you're you know you're choosing wheels for the World Time Trial Championships, then that might be something you would consider. But I think in in general, you, you know the kind of the tire compatibility thing, you know, if you still want to use clinchers, that that's going to be a much bigger concern than the kind of a vanishingly small aerodynamic gain from you know a hookless rim. So, talking about aerodynamics, then you're, you're sort of getting into aero here. Let's talk about all road wheels. Um, this crossover wheel set, uh, where you can use them on the road, you could also use them on gravel, supposedly. Now, um, Oscar, what, what do we think about um, all road wheels? Do we think that they are that they are, you know, uh, a, a very valid gravel wheel? Um, or as one of our as one of our previous colleagues said, gravel, you know, road adjacent. You know, what do you, what do you think of the all road wheels? So first of all, I'd question if all road wheels even exist. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, go into that. <laughs> um, well, some brands market their their wheels as, as all road, uh, which, which is effectively somewhere in between road and gravel. Uh, but then, arguably, perhaps older wheels that were detonated as gravel could now be classed as as all road wheels. Um, and then you've also got the touring genre. How does that then fit into it? Uh, so I'd say that all road wheels, are, compared to road wheels, maybe have a higher spoke count, maybe a slightly wider internal rim width, um, but not to the extent of, of of what brands define as gravel wheels. But I think it's easier just to stick with road and gravel rather than try and confuse things and uh, introduce a third genre. <laughs> yeah. So, so what what should I do with my well? Is it not my uh, the the um, Coroma Essentia forties and the Reynolds ATR Xs that I've got at the moment? What should I be fitting them to my to my steel kind of road bike, or should should I be looking to fit them to say um, say a, a full blown gravel bike with you know mounts for 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 racks and bags, etc. You could try them on both. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think you know. I, I think we're seeing a kind of evolution of the endurance road category, aren't we? I, I, and I think this is kind of where, you know, whereas before on on bikes such as the the Trek de Marne or the kind of specialised Roubaix, you'd have had this, as you say, this kind of all round wheel that was slightly wider, slightly more robust, but still had kind of an aero rim profile that w- you know works nicely with kind of wider road tires around the kind of 28 to 32 millimeter millimeter mark um but it's kind of tricky because there's kind of as as oscar has just said the space for those types of you know wheels and for those types of bikes has kind of been 
you know, you're almost trampled on by the kind of the growth of gravel in recent years. And you know, if you if you're that type of person who really loves, you know, does most of their riding on road, but wants to, you know, take a detour off road every now and again just to add, you know, spice up your ride, then maybe this is the kind of the niche for you and the all road wheel you know, could be ideal for that. But I, I, I agree, you know, if it, even, if it isn't built to kind of handle the rigors of gravel use, then it might not quite be right for that. And, uh, you know, conversely, if it's overbuilt compared to a kind of lighter or, you know, say more aerodynamic road wheel, you might not experience the same kind of performance advantage on a road, on the road uh, as you would. So it is a kind of, you know, it, they're more jack of all trades, wheel sets per se and, and and you know for some people if you're willing to accept the kind of compromises of that for you know what they offer then then yeah it could be just the right niche for you but uh, but yeah I, I think I'm kind of with Oscar that I would probably given the choice have have kind of one or the other a kind of optimized road wheel set for my road bike or you know I'd be looking at a gravel bike and thinking about a proper gravel wheel set so that I could you know take on a little a little bit more rough and tumble so if someone's looking to you know buy an all road or a gravel wheel set or even just a, a standard road wheel what what tips can we can we give them while they're trying to make that decision you know to help guide them along their way i think you know as as always it's a kind of honest assessment of of the type of riding that you want to do yes you know and for me i i really enjoy uh going fast on the road so i'm kind of always looking uh, aerodynamic wheels and you know, <laughs> it's a, it's really silly wheels on my time trial bike for example 80 millimeter front wheel and a and a disc wheel at the rear you know I, I like to ride kind of 50 millimeter plus rims on my road bike all the time and and to be honest you know I'm, I'm, I'm often quite happy when an aero road bike turns up with some 60 millimeter plus rims mm. you know for me a kind of 40 millimeter or below rim on the road just doesn't doesn't really do it for me I, I i don't feel that kind of aerodynamic benefit and you know often we talk about how well wheels handle but i don't mind the kind of push of the wind sure. on a rim because i think well you know when i come back here I'm, on my loop i'm going to get a massive tailwind and it's going to feel great but there are many people for who they just don't like that and they want that kind of low inertia feeling of a lightweight wheel and so when you hit the climb that wheel feels like it's super effortless to spin up because you're not, you're not got any weight on the rim. And a lot of people really like that. And they don't like that handling effect of, you know, pushing from the wind. And so for those people, a kind of shallower, more lightweight wheel is going to, you know, it might not be faster on paper, but you're going to enjoy your riding a lot more. You're looking at me knowingly there because you know that's how I tend to, yeah, tend to spec, but I know, respect the bikes that exactly, I Exactly, I know a lot of people like that. And so I think it's this sort of similar thing. If you're if you're kind of gravel curious and you're thinking, oh, should I buy an all-road wheel set or just go for a full gravel wheel set? Like, you just need to be on, like, is your bike a gravel bike or is it an all-road bike? If it's an all-road bike and, and you're really happy with it, then yeah, an all-road wheel set is probably going to suit that bike because it's what it's been designed for. Yeah. But if you've bought a gravel bike and you're thinking, can I turn this gravel bike into a road bike with an all-road wheel set? I mean, it's not that you can't. It will kind of do a decent job of being a road bike, but it isn't going to ever be as light as a giant TCR or something like that. So it's just a kind of honest assessment of of the type of riding you want to do with those, with those wheels. And then hopefully 
that kind of narrows down your focus a bit. Yeah, I find when I'm looking at at, at my at wheels for 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 my bikes as well, the all road category, not for its gravel necessarily for its gravel uh, flexibility. I I I tend to look at them because I think they're the perfect wheel for winter. You know, you will get most of the benefits of say having a a lighter maybe a little deeper carbon rim. Uh, but of the two wheels I've got to test right now, I think they're perfect for this time of year if you've got the money to spend on them, of course. And that's always something that's, you know, that's always something to factor in. Um, but I, w- I always think that, you know, the, their sheer utility is actually one of the things that it is a real positive for them. If you had to choose one wheel set, because you know we're, you know we're 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 in a in a you know economic situation globally at the moment where things are challenging. If you're going to choose one wheel set. Could an all-road wheel set be the wheel set that you should be buying? Possibly. Again, it just depends on your t- type of riding that you're going to be doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably be the opposite to, to Simon in terms of uh, aero versus lightweight. I prefer having a lightweight rim. Um, although for me, the sweet spot is kind of around the 40 to 50 mil mark because it's it's uh, a balance between being lightweight but also still still handling well. Um, and then for gravel, I think you need to think about the type of terrain that you're going to ride on. So it, um, will your riding mainly be on smooth gravel tracks with no technical features or will you be going into the woods or encountering single track with roots and small jumps and uh, rocky surfaces? Because you were telling me that you you sometimes test some of your gravel bikes. Yeah. You, you take them on mountain bike trails to make sure sometimes, you really have taken yeah. them, you know, taken them to their limit, right? Yeah, and then there wouldn't really be any benefit um on those kind of trails for 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 a deeper rim so yeah i think you need to think about realistically what you'll be doing where you'll be riding uh, and then that will then inform your decision well i think we've had a really good discussion around you know our road gravel and all roads style of wheels uh, we've covered a lot of ground here and actually you know we can't we can't answer every question for for everyone because there's so many different permutations and i think that you know the the the, the debate of, and the direction of, of development for all road wheels, gravel wheels will continue apace, I think, over the coming years. Um, so thank you very much for joining for joining us here. Um, if you have any uh, questions that you would like answered by us, we do do, do regular Q&A tech sessions um, and we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, Simon, I, I'm always forgetting this uh, email address. You tell me, what's the email address that our listeners should uh, contact us on? It's podcast at bikeradar.com and we will as always, uh, post this podcast in an article on bikeradar.com as well. And you can always leave a comment on that article. And we always love your feedback. As Ash said, we do regular you know, kind of technical question podcasts. If you, so if you do have a question or you just want to leave us some feedback, tell us how lovely, lovely we all are. That's the place to do it. And if you do want to find out what the best gravel wheels are for you right now, we want a little bit of inside the best ones we've reviewed. We've got a best list on bikeradar.com. So uh, go and check it out. Yeah. We'll also leave a link in the description as well for you. Yeah. Right. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Cheers, Ash. Been great to chat. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 